Light one up. Light one up. Light one up. For the cannabis culture. Hello and welcome to the To Be Completely Blunt podcast. We are your hosts. I am Stephanie. I'm Rick. In today's show, we get to chat with two ladies who have a part in the book Courage and Cannabis. Nikki Lawley is one of the 24 authors featured in this book, and she shares some of her journey from healthcare provider to patient to cannabis advocate. And joining that conversation, we also have Candy Flores, who shares her story of how cannabis saved her life. She's a patient, a cannabis advocate, and a cannabis enthusiast. Great conversation with both of these ladies. Really excited for you all to check it out. So let's do it. Hope you enjoyed today's show with Nikki Lolly and Candy Flores. Candy, Nikki, how are you guys doing today? Doing well. Thank you guys so much for joining us today on the podcast. This is going to be just a really cool chat to have because the Courage and Cannabis book, uh, Dr. Bridget Williams, of course, is the primary author of that book, but this is a book with a bunch of authors within it. And we've got three of them right here, which is amazing because Rick, you are one as well. So I just would love to get started with talking a little bit about your experiences with cannabis and um, how everything got started. So Nikki, would you like to start? Sure. So my name is Nikki Lolly. I'm from Buffalo, New York. I'm a former pediatric nurse that got hurt on the job. It was like in any other day. And all of a sudden a child became combative for a vaccine uh, at the pediatric clinic I was working at. And um, I sustained a traumatic brain injury. Uh, the child hit me in the head. I bounced off a wall and back into his head. Oh, my gosh. My life changed in a second. I never dreamed I would still be disabled at this point, nor did I ever think plant medicine would be a healing option for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found the plant completely by accident. At one point, I was suicidal due to all the different medications I was on and fate so had it that a billboard drove by advertising, getting my medical marijuana card in Nevada today. Mm -hmm. I was vacationing in Nevada, um, long story, but I was, I happened to have been in Nevada as I was planning my death and, um, yeah, the billboard pretty much changed the trajectory of my life. And, I discovered cannabis that day and I learned of its medicinal properties, but in New York state, I expected to come home and do the same thing I did in Nevada. And unfortunately, chronic pain was not recognized as one of our qualifying conditions. Mm -hmm. So as a result, I became low again, depressed again, put on more medications again, and being a nurse, you know, you listen to what the doctors say, they've been your boss all along. And then you know, how do you just say, yeah, no, I'm going to do my own thing. I mean, becoming a patient, going from that side of being the provider to the patient is a real transforming kind of thing because Mm -hmm. you're no longer regarded as a colleague. Now you're a patient. Now you're a number. Uh, It was involved in the workers' compensation system of New York, which is anything but a patient-friendly system. Mm -hmm. And 
I actually was at my low point again and found friends from Canada that said, we can get medical pot here. Why don't you come here and uh, we'll get our card and you can try it. So there began my journey in late, about a year and a half after I got hurt, there began my journey with the plant. Wow. Dang. And that, it's just very frustrating that, uh, you know, like you continue to hear things about that with certain states that were so strict and some that still continue to be super strict. Like I think Tennessee, I don't even know if the medical is. So there's two states there. that don't have uh, any rec- uh, medical cannabis and yeah, that's yeah. Nebraska and I want to say Idaho. Okay. Uh, I always get confused. Is it Iowa or Idaho? And I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> pretty sure it's Idaho. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's really my condition doesn't know state lines, nor does it understand exactly lines. So I'd find relief in Canada and then I'd have to come home with no medicine. And so, yeah. you know, living week to week, just hoping for that next burst of cannabis and quality of life cannabis gave me a quality of life it didn't cure my brain injury but it helps manage its daily symptoms yeah and who can argue with that especially when you're a prime example of it helping you and uh, help you long term as well I, I just don't understand why there's so much fight back still to this day and i just feel like there is a, still a lot of ignorance out there in the world so much so yeah. much well, and with the, the neurological aspect of things and in, in directly to cannabis, you take seizures, for instance, in how instantaneously a dose of RSO can stop a neurological disaster instantly. And then uh, you think about a, a longer term brain injury, it makes sense that it works for you and helps m- monitor those things and possibly with longevity of use creating full-time you know relief it's really been transformative when i would share it with my doctors about my experience in nevada i was then called drug seeking i was then told that um i'm a recreational drug user now because in new york state my condition wasn't recognized so the stigma and what is put in my medical record that I'm drug seeking when I'm just trying to get off the drugs. <laughs> I didn't want to be on the drugs. And I started developing these horrific allergies. And I was like almost dying from anaphylaxis several times with different drugs that they would add to this regimen. I just can't say it loud enough or clear enough that at the end of the day, the patients are the experts. Michael J. Fox said that, and it literally has rung true to this day. Mm-hmm. Meaning we're the ones living with the condition. Why are we not talking to us instead of just telling us what to do? Mm-hmm. Why not have an open dialogue and learn that you're treating the whole person, not just a symptom. Yeah, And that's been a real big mission of mine. And when I heard Candy's story, um, I happened to pick up my courage and cannabis book as soon as it came out and I was reading all the different, you know, authors stories. And I was like, wow, this is really powerful. There's a lot to it and different States and different situations from children to adults that have had accidents or mental health issues. The list is so extensive and what the mm-hmm. courage and cannabis 
did, I actually reached out to Candy and I was like, wow, what a great story you had on LinkedIn. And, you know, we've become friends since, you know, it's been a super big honor to be part of this book because it's really kind of enveloping, you know, removing the stigma, as you kind of mentioned, you know, like it's normalizing the conversation and people don't know what they don't know. That's very true. Coming coming from people, you know, I I guess, you know, everyday people, right. You know, a a nurse practitioner, uh, a teacher, a, uh, pharmacist even some some instances you know I I know pharmacists that have used cannabis for years (laughs) and it's like my mind is blown right now like you know about this (laughs) I did not if you would have told me your child was taking cannabis for its his or her seizures I would have Mm -hmm. called child protective services in a heartbeat I wouldn't have even thought twice. I mean, you can't give your kid weed, man. Like that would have been completely, I'm a mandated reporter. So, I mean, that would technically be what we had to do back in 2016. And that's some, some of the work that needs to be done here in the future is educating our, uh, our lower levels of uh, the medical field. Right. So we already know we're not going to get to the top to them to listen anytime soon. But if you can get that nurse that handles your elderly patients or your hospice uh, nurse or any of them to understand this, they're going to take an ethical stand and do right by everybody. Correct. And one of the things I definitely noticed was I got more reception and warmth from the medical assistants or the nurses that were rooming me than the physicians completely, you know, because I... I didn't want to be dishonest about my use. I didn't want other people to suffer. I mean, if if I've got some enlightenment with this plan, I mean, I'm just thinking your whole waiting room is full of messed up humans. Why are we not, you know, shouting this from the rooftops? Go smoke a joint, try it, see if yeah. it helps, you know? And And that's a really, you know, not cool thing to say, but I'm just saying- Right. We're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on pharmaceuticals. Doesn't it make sense to start with the less invasive way first? And, you know. Well, and thinking again, how we once, you know, there's a big movement in the world right now to try and get back to a way that we once lived kind of a little more symbiotic with nature and our, our food intake. And with that awareness, I think people can understand and accept this plant because it is it it's symbiotic with us it helps it helps us in almost every aspect of our life whether it's mood physical uh relief of of you know chronic pains or all the way to minimizing a cancer cell all the way back to remission i mean (laughs) it's it's a miracle short short of using any other words right right I totally agree. <laughs> well, uh, Candy, can you give us a little bit about your story and um, how you are connected with all of this? So on my story, I kind of saved my life back. Uh, I've been a user since beginning of 2017. And since that day, I never looked back. But I, as well as Nikki, I when I did test dirty, uh, and I knew I was going to test dirty, but at the beginning, I was just trying it. Mm-hmm. Um, I too was, you know, sent because I, you know, I was a, I was drug seeking. I was dirty. I, I 
was told I needed to go to some type of AA meeting, which I didn't drink. So I thought, well, why am I going to AA meeting? That's when they said, you know, you have an addiction. Um, uh, it was so early when, as a user at that time, so I, I felt uh, a little confused. And um, I went to, to see the psychiatrist a couple of times because I thought, well, maybe, you know, I was still at the beginning. So maybe I thought, well, maybe this is a drug, like, because that's how I was raised. Mm. Um, then I, when I started using it medicinally, well, of course, you know, I, I learned more and uh, the benefits were just proved to myself, you know, so I started coaching myself and from 18 medications, I am down to one medication. And that's, wow. that's awesome. my story. You know, I, the rest of it, of course, is in the book and uh, volume two. And then I as well as you know, it's taken longer, but I'm writing my own, you know, story with the full line, but you know, it's, there's so much proof out there, you know, like Nikki said, we are the patients. I feel you know, we're walking research. Yep. Um, when I do see my doctors, uh, nobody wants to talk about it. You know, they're okay. I'm in Texas. So we have a very limited teacup program, um, but still doesn't, you know, kind of, pro- it really doesn't protect us as far as, you know, being users, but I'm not, I don't use it to get high. I don't use it, you know, out of hand. I use it to just live a normal life. Mm. You know, the combination with the cannabis and CBD or the THC and CBD. It's just, you know, amazing. And I learned along my journey. So I medicate to where I'm without pain. And at night, I have to make sure that my dosing is correctly to where I'm going to get a full night's sleep. Because if I take it too, too early, I may not sleep the whole night or, you know, you know, because I've got other issues that that happen more at night with like the neuropathy. And, Mm -hmm. um, but I've learned it's a trial. Everyone's different. I'm sorry. I don't mean to to jump in. Um, I'm always thinking as a caregiver and doing things. So are you working with CBN currently with your night regimen? Um, Yes. The night night regimen, I use uh, CBN Uh, depending on my pain or what, you know, how hard my day was or if I overdid it in some way uh, abnormal for myself. I uh, have to add some THC for the pain, but usually the CBN takes care of me at night, CBD and the CBN tonight. I mean, at night. Have you tried um, CBG at all? I do. I do use CBG. Yeah. Good. Then it sounds like you got it. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yes. I I do use this. I use probably probably all the cannabinoids, Um, but yes, I do. Those are pretty much my favorite, the CBG, CBN, um, are you able to source that in, in, in Denver, or is that something you have to go to Colorado for, or? Um, usually like I, I do, I, you know, I do go to Colorado a lot. Um, uh, but the cannabinoids I kind of get here and, but the, I've gotten a lot that I really like in certain areas. So right now I don't have an extra other than Colorado that, you know, that, that remedy has helped me, but it is really hard in Texas to be able to, once you find something and for you to have to lose contact or, you know, not able to get it again or, but. Mm-hmm. Um, how was your, I'm just curious, how, how was your shipping CBD and things like that can be shipped to you easily enough, but yes. like isolates and things like that, is that what you're talking about? Like CBN and CBG, do you get them in a, like an isolate or in more, is it more of a gummy? I, I do both. I like the tincture and I like the 
the gummies. It just depends. I try to keep my sugars down. So I try not to use too much of the edibles, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm not much of a smoker due to my well, health conditions. I do have some lung issues. So every once in a while, but I rarely, you know, I, I, uh, I make my own butters. So with the butters, I'm able to, you know, use it for cooking and pomades and so forth. But okay. yeah, I, have a, I have a company here um, in Michigan that I think that I can maybe connect you with and it's caregiver based, but they, I, I, it just sounds like they, their products would line up with some of your, your needs and what you're, you're doing currently. So I'll definitely get you Thank in you. contact. With them. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Can, can you guys actually explain a little bit about CBN and CBG for those who don't know much about that? Because I'm one of those people that don't know much about that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> CBN is, uh, I could be wrong on this, but the way it was explained to me was it's a chemical component in our brain naturally that is released right before you're, you go into an REM sleep. Mm. So it's a cannabinoid as well. And, and then obviously if, putting into the body, then it gets you into that deeper realm of sleep faster um, okay. for a more long period of time. And then CBG is a great anti-inflammatory and anti-hypertension. So great for anxiety, great for joint pains and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm assuming that you use those in that fashion. Yes. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, the CBN is a lot healthier and uh, than melatonin, you know, or any type of sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't create a melatonin. I believe it kind of turns off your ability to create melatonin when you're using that, whereas right. CBDN and those things, it's not necessarily doing any of that. If anything, giving you a little serotonin as well. Right. I feel like these things have clearly been out there for a very long time and they've been hiding it from us. And it's very frustrating <laughs> because I mean, again, everything that both of you are saying, if people could have the opportunity to heal by using a plant as opposed to all the pharmaceuticals, why are we not doing that? And why are the pharmaceuticals still being pushed on people so much when there's clearly another answer to go with? Because exactly, there's so many uses. My biggest uh, use for starting uh, a few years back was for gut health issues. Um, I just would, there was a lot of food items that would make me nauseous. And I'm like, all right, well, if I could feel better, and eat, <laughs> I'm going to take that option, you know? There's a lot of minor cannabinoids and a lot of people aren't even aware of them. You know, this is a little chart that um, I give out and it talks all about terpenes. It talks all about uh, cannabis bioavailability. It talks about the family tree of cannabis. This brochure is a sort of must have for any bud tender or mm. really any patient because it kind of helps you narrow down what minor cannabinoids and what terpenes will really create a nice synergistic effect for what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I learned about my cannabis journey was we have to identify what we're treating. What mm -hmm. symptoms are you trying to mitigate that like you can't just say you have a TBI. Well, I suffer from chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and cognitive function issues. So knowing those three things that I'm trying to manage those symptoms for is a huge part of understanding how to use cannabis with intention. And this chart here makes it, because of my brain injury, I have a lot of short-term memory issues. 
So when I saw one of these, I was like, oh my God, I have to give that to like every single person I meet because it really is the 411 on how to buy cannabis in a way that doesn't focus on getting high, but rather getting well. Yeah. Who created that? I feel that's good for everybody, Nikki. Seriously. I was like, can I get a copy of that? (laughs) Yeah. Or even, you know, I feel like that's something that they should have at gas stations. You know, you're selling CBD, but yes, you know. So the amazingflower.com created it, but you can actually order it or get a free copy on NikkiAndThePlant.org. And if you go to my resources tab, you'll see the pocket guide for cannabis the amazing flower actually is the one who created it but they did white label it for me so it's got my information on it that's awesome no, yeah, definitely get get nikki's go to go to yours and go get that one that's, that's right yeah it's, um, it's very informational no, I think that's it's very important so like for for me as a caregiver i've been blindly trying to figure those things out without a laboratory and without the science and obviously this company was big enough and broad enough to find uh some truths in in their material there right so that that took scientific that took the scientific process and uh so that's great to have because like you said even um a bud tender some people go into recreational places with a medical mindset and and they're like hey i need some help and that that person usually doesn't know how to direct them properly um and to can turn them off even and that can be devastating because yes. then they're completely turned away from it when it when it really is still there to help them. They just did. They took the wrong avenue first off, you know, you know, and there's drug drug interactions and a bud tender isn't going to know what to recommend necessarily for a medical condition. So there's liability associated with mm-hmm. that. So most bud tenders are actually instructed that they're not allowed to give medical advice or medical feedback. So mm-hmm. when the older gentleman walks in from the street saying, I can't sleep at night. They can't say, oh, this is going to help you for your sleep. They should be able to say, look for products high in CBN and Mersin and mm-hmm. see how, you know, these affect you, but understanding right. it's trial and error. The book I learned probably the most about the plant is the medical cannabis primer by Dr. Ruth Fisher. This book has so many amazing charts and graphs and talks about, you know, the routes of administration and the rapid onset and things like that. We don't know what we don't know. And these are just two tools that I use often when I'm speaking or sharing education, Mm -hmm. because at least I give people a starting place. You know, I don't get commission on selling this, you know, I mean, I'm literally from my heart, just trying to help educate the world and help make this a normal part of everyday conversation. Yeah, no, that's great. And that's very important because uh, again, there's no other, this plant's been here doing, doing uh, these things for our bodies for 10,000 years. And we have now an opportunity and to grasp onto its full capacity of its knowledge and make it better for the next 10,000 years. Like, cause we've been using it for medicine forever. So, so now we can maybe put it in a place of its superiority that I think it belongs, right? You know, maybe it's not a a, a cure-all per se, but it definitely is probably one of the most remarkable things on the planet, close, top five. (laughs) So It's definitely a 
game changer for many people once they give it a chance and learn how to use it properly. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is why, but why does it have to be our last resort? Right. Yeah. It should be first line yeah. instead of the last resort. You know, that's one thing that I do pick up from a lot of people that, you know, being in the industry, of course you learn and you, you know, meet so many different people and everyone says the same thing, you know, why was it their last resort? Yeah. And so we, we had Dr. Bridget on this show, our first season, and she talked uh-huh. about the, the first book and things. How did you guys come to meeting her? Was she, she reach out to you or? I'm, I met Dr. Bridget. Uh, I met Dr. Bridget in Dallas. I um, travel with uh, Lucky Leave Expo. So I met her at one of the events and she was speaking and I, I purchased a book from her. It was, I think, the first book that she had. <laughs> And at that time, she, you know, we, we spoke and she's like, you know what, I, I want you to share your story. So she told me a little bit about it. And I, you know, it was, it was like her first thought. So I was like, okay, yeah. And then months passed and then she was like, you know what, we're going to do it. So I was like, amazed, you know, kind of amazed and a little, a bit nervous, but all the whole time I was like, gosh, like, how's this going to work? Like, you know, but anyway, it just, everything came just right along and we we got together and there was a total of 24 of us for book one and it was definitely a journey I didn't realize that coming out and you know it took me a year to even tell anyone that you know I was using so then once the book came out of course I went through another healing point because it wasn't something that just my immediate family knew or you know now the whole world knew that was the part of writing was reliving it. So that cost a little, you know, definitely emotional reliving it. But at the end, it, it helped, you know, like I met so many beautiful souls that keep you going, you know, at times where you have no one around you being in a, in a small town, you know, and where it's not legal. Of course, you want, you want to be around people that, that actually share the, the same as you do, you know, not everyone can relate to your issues you know so we i can you know when i travel or when i speak to people in the cannabis industry we actually can relate you know i know nikki and i have talked at at times and it's like we start talking about terpenes and the cannabinoid system and our endocannabinoids and you know and and different flower and just you know just different resources and that's what helps the person or the patient heal as well because we get to low points and we all do and no one else knows unless you've been through it. Right. And and another another quick thing just to help you along your journey, I noticed that you use the verbiage user. Maybe revise that to uh, medicated. Uh, or I I'm not using cannabis, but I medicate with cannabis. It sounds more appealing when when somebody's yes. being told to it. And we've I noticed it here in Michigan. A lot of people would be like, oh, yeah, I'm a user of cannabis or I'm a user of weed or, you know, if you avoid the more derogatories, the the class of people that aren't on your side when they hear you talk are more engaged and you feel better about it, too. You don't I I often get a little offended when it's like I'm not a user of shit. I don't I don't use nothing. <laughs> I'm not a, you know, I, yeah. I medicate, you know, I keep exactly. myself, you know, um, yeah, so this, so, we use it medicinally. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just, just a suggestion though. It might, it might help you. It, it feels better when I say I'm, I medicate instead of I'm a doper. That's right. I just think it's again, super frustrating that society has made it to be the way it is and um, how we have to continue to fight because there's just so many things still to this day that, you know, it's 2023. Why are we still fighting against this stuff so hard? It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to put it out there, you know, that it's, it's something that we're not, we're not healed. You know, we're, we're not going to get better, but we have, we have the quality of life that we can be able to be as normal as possible mm-hmm. and be able to feel where people that are not ill or not struggling with health issues, we medicate to feel normal and yeah. to have quality of life that we once had but now we we have it without pharmaceuticals and you know we're able to to cope and actually be in public or you know just because when you take a lot of medications a lot of the times you you're zoned you know and you're or anxiety riddled or uh mm-hmm. even some of these things create psychosis and people become they they feel they may even feel like oh i'm mantic or i'm 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 bipolar well if you quit taking these six concoctions of whatever, you wouldn't be so mantic and bipolar, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it does, it creates those things. Uh, a lot of these pharmaceuticals and the doctors seem, seem to not care about the cocktails they put together. Um, right. it, that baffles me as well, because yeah. instead they want to give you another medication to take care of that. Exactly. Yeah. And where's their pharmacist yeah. or, or where's their chemist license that qualifies that they just, they get the, the license by the, the big uh, pharma to, to just push them, you know, like, oh yeah, you can do this and that. And it just doesn't make a lot of sense. We're so. not test tubes. We're not right. in perfect um, mm-hmm. sterile conditions where, but we're in real life. And so I find whether it's cannabis research or pharmaceutical research, I find that you've got to take it with sort of a grain of salt. Like for instance, the veterans PTSD study that Sue Sisley did, she got her cannabis from the um, Mississippi state, who is the only FDA approved grower back. And that stuff is garbage. And it was total garbage. And so the PTSD study where they had patients smoking the products from Mississippi state, they failed. They failed because not because cannabis was not effective, but the product they were smoking was so inferior to what was on the market in Arizona for medical patients. That's where it came in. And so I just feel like the stigma surrounding cannabis and it's not isolatable. It's isolatable, but when you take it apart and break down all those different components, they don't work the same together. That's why I guess I've had the most success with smoking whole flower because it's rapid onset for me. It also, I can kind of determine whether it's a low temp vape or a high temp joint that I'm combusting. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a big difference with how you feel and what effects you receive from the medicine. Right. And and I to, to that point, back to what you were saying, our government's been involved with most of that. And um, some of the studies... I don't know exactly when the times were, but they allotted some studies to be done on hemp um, before it was legal. And those studies were only allotted 
one, by an institution of learning to have the license to do so um, or research. And um, landfills, uh, wastewater treatment plants, and uh, places of nasty, basically. Um, and they did those hemp researches. And when they pulled the testing, of course, they had mercury, they had arsenic, they had radioactive material, all these things that the hemp plant takes away from the ground in those nasty places. And then they put it back in their research as, uh, you know, it's poisonous, it's toxic. Look at this plant, it's horrible. And that was a a horrible setback. I, I believe that some of those studies were done in the 90s, 80s and 90s, but uh, just cutthroat like that. You knew what you were doing. <laughs> you knew why you planted those things there. You wanted those test results to look like that. So so now we're hopefully getting some real FDA studies done here in the state of Michigan. We have $40 million um, set aside for that. And it's slowly being processed through uh, Wayne State and MAPS and uh, University of Michigan have those. It took a little doing. They were going to do observational studies at first. Um, we had somebody here in the state, Andrew Harb, uh, who put a kibosh on that because it's written in the law that it has to be an FDA qualified study. We put that in the law specifically so they wouldn't do observational studies and just take all the money for administration fees. And that's exactly what they were trying to do, but he was able to stop that. So yeah, I'm, I'm anxiously ready to see actual qualifying results of what's to be done with the cannabis. So, Well, I would definitely love to talk about both of your experiences with the writing aspect of your story. Candy, I know you were saying something before that you're a spark. Can you explain what that means exactly? Yes. Yeah, so sparks are 500 or less um, chapters. So we basically are, the sparks will say, you know, kind of a, a sound, their story, but in, in a smaller uh, format. Okay. So we have, uh, actually we have about this time around, we I, on the book, we, this is something new, you know, the first book didn't have sparks. We just had just contributing authors and featured authors. So now we just have the authors and the sparks. So, you know, the, the difference with book two, some of the sparks in the book are doing quotes. So it just depends, you know, so that the sparks will be chapters, small chapters, and then um, quotes or testimonials um, from like we have Ed, Ed Rosenthal, we have uh, Mike Tyson, we have, gosh, this, we have a handful. Um, so the, uh, there's a total of 40 altogether, you know, with the authors and with the sparks. That's really cool. We have a uh, Michael Lawson. We have uh, Johnny Curry's in there. Yes, uh, Tyrone Russell with the Cleveland School of Cannabis. Gosh, yeah. So it's it's been busy uh, behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of, authors, a, lot of <laughs> a lot of personalities, and you know, oh. a lot of different schedules. Yeah, uh, and then time zones. <laughs> Oh yeah, so it's it's been a pleasure, and then of course special thanks to Dr. Bridget. You know she does a lot, you know, to keep this Courage and Cannabis going, and uh, we hope to end the stigma someday. And mm-hmm. um, this this will be volume two of many more. Uh, the purpose of the book was kind of like uh, ch- chicken noodles or chicken soup for the soul. Yeah, so it'll be yeah. cannabis, uh, Courage and Cannabis for the Soul type. Okay, it'll be uh, the next uh, series where we're looking at 
the next volumes we'll be doing series like, you know, all, you know, educators or all nurses or all, you know, uh, patients. And also the website will have uh, to where we're doing some changes to where they can actually um, just go to the author's landing page and read the story or, you know, purchase the book through the website, uh, do audible. And uh, maybe later in the future, we're looking at uh, doing, you know, maybe in Spanish or, you know, Portuguese or different, you know, different languages to kind of help it grow. And, you know, cause these stories are, you know, actual proof. Mm-hmm. I want to hear my story in Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that'll be awesome though. You're just going to continue to expand across, you yes. know, yeah, for sure. And, and uh, as well as, you know, maybe a kid book we do in book one, we did, we did have a couple of kids that, uh, of course, the stories were from told from their mothers, but you know it's amazing. We and you, it's, Courage and Cannabis is not just a book. We're actually a family. Um, we still keep in touch. You know, all the authors from book one still keep in touch. Um, this coming week, we're going to have uh, we have monthly meetings. So this coming week, we'll meet with uh, book one authors and book two. We want to introduce them and then have like different like maybe like a speak dating for them so they can get to know each other. And, you know, because at the end of the day, we're here to help each other. And, mm. you know, we want, we Courage and Cannabis volume one, we got number one bestseller. So we want to be able to help and assist, you know, and guide the authors of book two. You know, well, I think, I think another thing too, that's being misplaced and lost in the progression of cannabis, the industry um, mm. is the testimony. Like the reason we're here, the only reason we're here is because grandma got up there or a mother got up there with an infant child and spoke and told those stories and changed those minds of our lawmakers and our uh, authoritative people. So those testimonies just have to keep coming in, in, in a book. You know, what better way than to put it in print? Exactly. That's right. So that's great. And it's a mixture, you know, there's women, there's men, there's children, you know, there's nurses, there's, we've got uh, lawyers, doctors, you know, it's a little bit of everything. And I love hearing that because I love just getting different perspectives from everybody who are clearly coming from all walks of lives and they all are uniting for one special purpose. And that's really amazing. Nothing like it in the world. There's, I, I say it all the time. There's, there's nothing in the world that blends people and br- the broad spectrum of people mm-hmm. like cannabis. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Nikki, could you tell us a little bit about your writing journey and how that looked for you? Sure. So I've been, I don't know, in the last two years since COVID, I guess, um, I started becoming more outspoken and being a guest speaker and being part of podcast worlds. And so I've told my story like a hundred million times, right? But you're always talking to different audiences and you don't want to like shortcut details. And I think one of the struggles I had was the word limit in Courage and Cannabis. So my chapter is only supposed to be like 1500 to 2000, like maxi words. And like, I don't know, I'm at like 2800 still. And again, I don't know what people resonate the most with. And so I had help from a very good friend of mine, Rochelle Gordon, who's helped me put this together. But it's sort of like 
because I know the story so well and I've said it so many times, it's almost like I've cut out big chunks of details. Mm-hmm. And so Dr. Bridget's kind of reined me in a little bit. She's like, tell us how you really felt though. This is more like a, you know, mm-hmm. a patient's chart that I'm reading, <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> with yeah. your heart and soul in it. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, since brain injury, I really struggle with writing with proper grammar, with proper words and things like that. So I tend to be very wordy and very run-on like. So it's sort of been, I definitely need to help with the editing aspect. Mm. I'm really savvy on the story and I'm really passionate about the plant. So we don't have to change my enthusiasm level or my participating, <laughs> but we definitely need to put more of Nikki in what Rochelle wrote, which is very much what I told her to write. You know, I mean, it's not that she did anything right. whatsoever. It's just a matter of, Cannabis connects my dots. And that's why I'm always in polka dots and my red blazer. People know me all over the country and Canada and Europe because of this look. And I'm sort of the most chameleon-esque like human that can literally talk in a political setting, talk to medical professionals, talk to Congress people because of just my ability to share and be genuine. And, you know, do I say F-bombs every now and then? Yes, but <laughs> it's just because yeah. I lack that. So we all. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's sort of like trying to normalize the conversation yet accept people for where they're at. And mm-hmm. I've gained so much support and acceptance just by sharing my story and being my real authentic self than you know, people aren't looking for perfect people. They're looking for people and how they deal with their imperfections. So how yeah. can my story help someone unlock their hell? How can my story help someone feel less alone and give them hope? I guess is the end of the day, I That's really awesome. want people to feel. Self-help books that. are like one of my favorites. I just like love, or even just like reading people's biographies. I love reading stories about people and how they handled situations because we're all human. We're all trying to navigate through this life. And just to be able to like hear or read about someone's experience, it can just make a big difference in your life. And maybe you didn't think of something that this other person did and you're going to find a way of how to, it's going to help you. Yeah. Life and, hack, baby. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes we don't, we lose track of that too. And I've done that where it's like, uh, what inspired, you know, it's, it's always somebody that inspires you. And sometimes you got to hold back and be like, Hey, you know what? I might, I might've just left a trail back here where somebody else is looking at me. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a beautiful, uh, flow. Absolutely. You just never know who it is. You're going to inspire, you know, yeah. uh, there's so many different audiences. Uh, and I, I, all, the advice I'd have to say is who, who do you want your audience to be, you know, and what part of the story do you want to tell? Because we, we could, you know, we could go on because our stories are, I mean, because it doesn't end, we're still living it. So mm-hmm. there's so much that we need to tell. So the good thing is you'll be able to, you know, tell a little bit of your story in the first book. And if you want to participate, you know, in the second, or even write your own book is, you know, the, the ultimate goal, because people need to know, you know, and how it's helping you and what it could do to help maybe not them, but maybe a loved one or a friend, a neighbor um, right. that went through something similar that, that you did, you know, looking well, that's why like, I, I feel. story 
I've, I've boosted a lot because I've heard, you know, different, you know, being in the medical field as well, you know, it's so-and-so going through this neurological issue or, you know, this, or, you know, you, it's common, you know, it happens in different ways. And the best way is I refer them to the book. I'm like, you have to read this story or, you know, and there's so many stories in the book too. And I, you know, I, I pass the word to others, like wait till book two comes out. Like you're definitely going to connect with, you know, one of our authors or, you know, because we've got so many different stories and you just never know who it is you're going to help. Um, I've heard people, you know, when we did the book, the author interviews, you know, authors signing onto the book. I've, I remember hearing like, but my goodness, like my story is nothing compared to your story or, you know, like we're all different and the world that we live in, we're going to connect to your one person's going to connect to one person somewhere else. You just never know who you're going to inspire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that I I'm thankful for Dr. Bridget and her approach to this and the manner that she's done it, because like you were just saying, you mentioned writing your own book and um, the, the cost of that for your common general person isn't feasible. It would never be really right. that feasible to do, but with this, it makes it a feasible thing for people to get their story out um, monetarily feasible to do that. And that's a blessing because there's, like you said, the, you know, some of the best stories come from those who are, are actually struggling. Right. So um, it, it's really great that uh, how she's done this. I, I think it's very, uh, very unique. Yes. And I look forward to these, these series that she's coming out with yeah. in the next few books. I would tell her, Dr. Bridget, if we could clone you. <laughs> she needs it she needs it because she doesn't stop i i Hi, see her absolutely. We have way. to remind her that she needs me time too to kind of reprocess and yes yeah. um when is the book coming out uh spring 23 okay so oh it's so it's gonna be happening sometime in the near future at least yes very near <laughs> okay awesome so i mean that's all great to hear though that she has further plans with this book and like oh, continuing yeah. on with it because obviously there's just going to be many more stories to tell. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And if they want to reach out, uh, they can reach out on courageandcannabis.com or uh, courageandcannabis.gmail.com. They can, if they are interested in the, we do have people sending in information and we have a waiting list for the next volume. That's great. Uh, and then if anybody wants to maybe see how you guys are doing or follow you, if you have that as an option or just find out more info online, where can they go to find out that? For me, it's Nikki and the plant.org. It's Nikki and I K K I at the plant spelled out.org. Or I'm on all social media forums as Nikki Lolly or Nikki and the plant. Okay. Nice. Cute handle. I like that. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I could be reached on, on Facebook at Candy Flores, or um, I also have a, a book email, Catflower Sync, which is C I N C author 22 at Gmail. Uh, and on Instagram, uh, Pure Life, Pure Wellness. Um, I do coaching for uh, cannabis and CBD. Okay. Keeper, people on it, so I can be reached there. Definitely. No, that's amazing. Uh, well, thank you both so much for coming on our show. We really appreciate it. Uh, I'm really looking forward to checking out uh, this book in general. I haven't uh, checked out the original one initially, so I got to start reading at this point uh, because there's a lot of stories I got to catch up on. But uh, yeah, really looking forward to checking it out. 
Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much for listening. And if you want to keep up with us and check to see when we will release new episodes, feel free to follow us on our socials at To Be Completely Blunt Podcast. You can find me, Steph, on my socials at Steph on FM and Rick at Mr. Underscore F-U-N-G-I 420. And please make sure to hit that subscribe button. We'd really appreciate it. Highway Horticulture, paving the way for everything cannabis. Find out more at highwayhorticulture.com.